church today will sense your spirit. Lord, you said in your word, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And I just pray that, God, that love will just pour out and that it will just pour out of us as well as we leave this place and go into this world. Lord, we need to hear from you this morning. As we talk about things, about the end times, Lord, we want to stay grounded in what the Scriptures teach. And Lord, as we look at the, at the rapture, a day when, Lord, you will come back to take us to be with you, there's lots of teaching around that. But God, we want to stay focused on what your Word says. So Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher this morning? Would you be the one that takes the Word and applies it to our hearts Lord, for some of us, you see, we've had an amazing week. For others of us, it was just a stretch to even get in here this morning. And you, God, are the lifter of our heads. You are the one that takes our heads and lifts them up and looks into our eyes. And you're the one that says, peace be with you. I pray that this morning, God, that the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ would flood this place and that, God, your word would be easily understood. Holy Spirit, let me get out of the way to allow you to speak. Come now in this time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand one more time with me as we read God's word together this morning? I'm reading from two different places this morning out of Matthew chapter 24. Oh, thank you. Thank you, C.H. Out of Matthew chapter 24 and then out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. No one knows about the dead day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the sun but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will not certainly proceed those who have fallen asleep, that means to die. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the, in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is God's word. You may be seated. I remember vividly um, in the 1970s, there was a, a whole spate of movies. Uh, Hal Lindsey put out uh, movies, uh, I don't even remember, A Distant Thunder and uh, Thief in the Night. And I remember going to church and watching those and just being terribly afraid that, that I, would be, I would be left behind. And one day, it was in eighth grade, and I was not living for the Lord at all. I was out doing something, and I came back home, and I could still see my younger brother and my sister laying on the floor watching TV, and I said, where's Dad? And, and they said, oh, I don't know where, where Dad is. And so I, I thought, okay, well, he's downstairs in his office. So I went downstairs in his office. There's, Dad's not down in the office. 
I came back upstairs and I said, where's dad? And they said, I don't know. I don't know where he's at. And I began to panic because I knew my dad was a believer and I knew I hadn't prayed to receive Christ yet. And I thought, I have been left behind. And it, it struck terror in my, in my heart. And as we talk about the, the rapture today, there is, this is one of those things that there are so different views on. But here's the thing. There are scholars, there are biblical scholars, very godly men. I have a book in my office that has three different views of, of when the rapture will occur, all written by men who are scholars. And they all rebut each, each other, and they all have good arguments for their, for their uh, way of standing. But where we want to stay today is we want to go back to what it is that God's Word says. There's three views of the rapture. The first is a pre-tribulational rapture. What that means is that before the tribulation happens, before God pours out His wrath, that the church will be raptured, that the Christians will be raptured. Though the one problem with that is that's a very early thought. That's a very recent thought. That wasn't the way that the early church looked at it at all. Then there is a mid-tribulational rapture. The tribulation, which we're going to talk about next week, is a seven-year period. And there's some that believe that halfway through that period, then Christ is going to return and take the church up. Then there's the last view is the post-tribulational rapture, that after the tribulation has happened, that then Christ will return. And I think for a lot of us, we like the first option, don't we? But we have to make sure not to put into Scripture what, what isn't there. As a denomination, as part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, we believe in a pre-millennial rapture of Christ. We don't take a hard and fast stand uh, as to when Christ will turn pre, mid, or post-trib. But what we believe is that before the millennium, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 6, that thousand-year reign of Christ, that before that occurs, that Christ will return. We also, we can also agree on, on other things, that Christ is returning, isn't he? We can agree that Christ is returning. His return is what we call, it's imminent. And what does imminent mean? When you see a woman and she's pregnant and she's nine months pregnant, we would say that the birth of that child is imminent. It's going to happen. Do we know on which day that it's going to happen? We don't. But we know that it's imminent. And that's the rapture. It is imminent. We believe that with all of our hearts. We also believe that there will be a tribulation, a seven-year period where God's wrath will be poured out upon this world. We also believe that there will be a battle of Armageddon, that at one last final battle, evil will once and for all be taken care of. There will be a millennium, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 6, when Christ will return and for a thousand years he will reign on this earth. We believe in those things. But as we talk about the rapture, the rapture is not mentioned in Scripture by, by name, but the concept is there. As we read here, it says, After that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The rapture, what is the rapture? The rapture is a snatching away. It is a snatching away of the believers. We see that in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, what we just read there as well. It's exclusive. The, the rapture, it will be exclusive. As we see in Matthew 24, where it says in verse 40, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at a handmill, one will be taken and one left. There will be an exclusivity about this. As well, we know that the, that the rapture will also include those who have passed away. 
those who have passed on before us. It says in, in, verse, um, in verse 17, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught, excuse me, go up to verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The rapture will include those who have gone on before us. That should give us hope, shouldn't it? This is a scripture that I use whenever I, I stand before and, uh, the ground and we, say, and we um, lay somebody to rest. Because this world isn't all that there is, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but this gives us hope, doesn't it? This gives us hope that we will see those who have gone on before us, won't we? My godly set of grandparents, I'm in ministry today because they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. Back when my grandfather was a young man, he came from Holland. And he came to the United States. They settled in South Dakota. And while he was there, he wanted to be a minister. And as I checked back in our, in our genealogy, there were many who were ministers on my mother's side. And my grandfather wanted to be a minister. His mother had, had, was a small lady, and she was riding on the back of a horse and buggy. She was riding the buggies going this way, and she's riding on the back. And they came up to the railroad tracks. And there was a, a lady sitting in front next to the driver. And as they came up to the railroad tracks... The train blew the whistle and the horse reared up and the lady who was sitting there rolled back and rolled right onto the back of my, grand, my great-grandmother's neck and broke her neck. And they told her, they said, Lily, or they told her, they, told her, they said, you're, you're going to die. She was in a, a cast up to her neck and they said, you're, you're going to die. Nine days later, he couldn't believe that she was still around and then she said, I can begin to feel my, my, my toes wiggle. She lived to be 99 years old. My grandfather's father, though, he also, he, he was out, they were thrashing wheat, and my grandfather was preparing to go to seminary, and they were thrashing wheat, and my grandfather, at lunchtime, he thought he was laying down underneath a tree, what he had was heat, heat, heat stroke, and he thought he was laying down underneath a tree, and when they started the tractor back up, the tractor came over his midsection, and he was left a vegetable for the rest of his life, and my grandfather was not able to go into ministry. But he prayed and he said, God, if you're not going to allow me to go into ministry, then I pray that you would send the grandsons and children into the ministry. My older brother, or my younger brother, excuse me, is also in ministry. And one day I will see my godly grandparents. They prayed and they prayed for my brother and I. I will see a brother who's gone on, on ahead of me, who had cancer at 35. I will see another brother that passed away before me. I will hold in my hands a daughter that I've never hold, held before. That is the hope that we have of heaven, isn't it? Those who have passed on before us, we will see them again. And when I stand at the graveside, I tell the people, this isn't goodbye. This is till I see you again. Amen? That's the promise that we have as Christians. The rapture is a snatching away. It is exclusive. Some will, be, some will be taken and some will be left. Upon what basis will they be left? They will be left because they have not chosen to follow Christ. They have not chosen to walk with Christ. They have not chosen to receive Christ as their personal Savior. So it will be for those who have passed away, but it will also be something that will happen unexpectedly. It will happen unexpectedly. Jesus says, um, therefore keep watch, Matthew 24, 42, therefore keep watch, because you do not know on the hour, on, you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Now, why doesn't he tell us? Why doesn't God just spell it out and tell us when the rapture is going to happen? 
I wonder if he doesn't tell us because he knows he knows some of us would procrastinate right up to right up to the very end. We would procrastinate in doing anything. Okay, Jesus isn't going to return until this date, so I, I got, I've got plenty of time before that. He knows that some of us would procrastinate. He also knows our nature, doesn't he? He also knows our nature. The reason that God doesn't tell us is because he wants us to remain alert. He wants us to remain alert. After 9-11 in the United States, boy, everything was on, on heightened alert. So in Philadelphia, when some of the... the um, at a train station, there were some of the uh, people who were looking at the tracks. They went and they walked on the tracks and they noticed there was a black box. And they thought, oh no, what is this? I mean, it was a very, it was a well-used train line. And they were wondering, what is this? Is this a bomb? What is? And they began looking at it and they couldn't figure out what it was. And finally, a man came forward and he said, um, I know what it is because they said, I said, I put it there. And he said, well, what is it? And he said, well... He said, I'm working two jobs. And he said, my one job keeps me, keeps me up. And he said, I, I put that box out there. It, it will tell me when somebody's walking down the track so that I can wake up and look like I'm working. Um, God wants us alert to the very end, doesn't he? He wants us to be about his work. Let me ask this question of us, AIC. If Christ were to return, what would he find us doing? What would he find us doing? Would he find us about the Lord's work? Sharing Christ with people? If this is true, if Christ is returning and we don't know the day nor the hour, if this is true, which it is, then do we have the luxury of just letting people walk by us and not share with them about Christ? Especially those people that God has put in your life. What will God find us doing? with his time when he returns. Because he is going to return. And he wants us to stay alert. Not only does he want us to stay alert, but he wants us to keep working until the very end. You guys know this better than people in America, but you guys play, uh, in America we call it soccer, you guys call it football. You know that when you play football, the clock will say 90 minutes, two 45-minute halves. But everybody knows who's watched soccer before. That clock can go off, and the game still goes on. They'll add stoppage time to the end of the game. And the, the thing of it is, no one knows when that game is going to end until when. till the referee blows the whistle. He is the one who knows. And they say, you play up until the whistle. And we don't know when Christ is going to return. But he calls us to be alert. And he calls us to be about his work until he comes. Until he comes. That's why I say AIC. What does God find you doing? Are, are, are we praying? Are we committing ourselves to prayer? Are we praying for those who loved us, loved us? Are there those things in our lives that we need to deal with? Is Christ going to return and find that there are relationships that we have that we've not dealt with? Where, there, where we have something against somebody else, and we are just letting that continue to go on and on and on. Remember what we talked about. One of the signs of a healthy church is a church that deals in a God-honoring way with conflict. When he returns, will God find that conflict still going on? Or will he find us seeking to restore that, that broken relationship? Will God find us doing things that, that, that grieve his heart? Or will God find us doing that which... He has called us to do. That's what he desires.
God doesn't tell us when the second coming is going to happen because he wants us to remain alert and because he wants us to keep working right up until the whistle. So, as we move on, as we move on, so, so what is, why is the rapture going to occur? And I love this. The rapture, the purpose of the rapture is to take us home. It's to take us home. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. You know, I want to just stop there a minute. Because for some of us, we're walking through things in our lives right now. And God is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. It's, it's not just about end times. It's about things that we're walking through right now. For some of us, there's issues in our marriage. For some of us, there's issues in our, in our business, financially, health-wise, with kids. And we wonder, what, what, what's going to happen? I look at what's going on where I'm from in the United States, and it's like, oh my goodness, what, what's going to happen in that place? And in the midst of all that we're walking through, God says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God? Trust in me. And it's one thing to say that I trust God. It is another when the, when the rubber hits the road and I need to really trust God. And for some of you right now, God has you at that place where he has removed everything from you. And he's given, and the only thing that you have left is God. And I believe it was Corey Ten Boom who said, when God is all that you have, you will realize that God is all that you need. Trust in him. Is he able to be trusted? Okay, let me say that again. Is he able to be trusted? Yes, he is. The question is, will you trust him? With what you have right now, with where you're walking right now, are you carrying it or can you lay that at his feet even this moment and say, God, I don't want to carry this anymore. The burdens for my family, the burdens at my job, burden with my health, I don't want to carry it anymore. And God says, that's exactly what I want you to do. He says, cast all your anxiety upon him. Why? Because he cares. He cares deeply. Jesus is coming to take us home. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I love this. I will come back and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He is coming back. Listen, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ... This is God's promise to you. He is coming back. And when he comes back, he will take you to be with him. That is a precious promise of God that he will keep. The second thing, the second purpose of the rapture is to receive our new body. He says in 1 Corinthians verse 15, chapter 15, verse 51 to 52, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Amen? I can't wait for that day. No more glasses. No more backache. No more trouble like, like that. There will be no more tears. There will be no more struggle with sin. There will be no more pain. There will be no more evil. We will see those who have gone on ahead of us, we will be able to talk again with, with, my, with my precious father-in-law. We'll be able to talk with those who have gone, out, gone on ahead of us. 
That is the precious promise of God. But even more than that, we will be with Christ for eternity. That's why in Thessalonians, that's why in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, Therefore, he says, and we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This world isn't all that there is. That's the last reason. Why does, why does God want us to know about the rapture? Because this world isn't all that there is. Amen? Oh, what, a, what a sad place this would be if this world was all that there is. But folks, there are a lot of people that this world is all that they know. And listen to what God's Word says. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Your citizenship isn't here. How do we know that? First, or John chapter 1, verse 12 said, says that for as many as received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave what? He gave the right to become the children of, of God. Have you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because when the rapture occurs, if you have not prayed to receive Christ as your personal Savior, you will not be raptured. That is a sad thought. And for some of you sitting here, there have been three, four weeks that we've been asking you if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And we've had no response. And that's all right. But I'm just saying, folks, let's be sure. Let's be sure, as your pastor, I, I plead with you that, that we be sure that we know and that we be living. Because he, here's the last reason. What God wants us to know about the rapture because God wants us to live with hope. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. That means to die. Or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We have hope, don't we? If you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, do you have hope? You have absolute hope. Because where does your hope rest in? It rests in Christ. It rests in the promise of what it is that God has said. And when you have hope, your life is lived with meaning, isn't it? And when you have hope, there's a passion because you know that this world isn't all that there is. That there is coming in eternity. This world is but a vapor. It's but a vapor. You have a child and it's born and the next thing you do, you turn around and they've got a graduation cap on and you wonder, where in the world did all those years go? And then you look in the mirror and you look, one day your hair was red and then you look in the mirror and your hair is, hair is gray. And these things, they, they happen just like that, don't they? But in the twinkling of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye at the trumpet call of God, Jesus will return. And I wonder what he'll say. It says, with the loud, with the voice of the archangel, I wonder what he'll say. And I wonder if he may say, no more. No more. No more sin. No more sadness. No more tears. No more dying. No more. Only now it is forever that you'll be with me. The rapture of God. When will it occur? We don't know. We don't know, but God calls us to be ready. God calls us to be alert. It's a shorter message this week. Did I hear an amen? amen? It's a little shorter message this week, but I wanted to stop here because a couple of things. 
Are you ready? Are you ready to meet Christ? Good. Are we about what it is that God would be calling us to do? Take an inventory of your life. If God were to return, what would he find you doing? Is there a relationship that you need to go back to? Somebody who you've said something to or a relationship that has been just, it's been broken for a long time. You don't go to the church that that person goes to anymore because you don't want to see that person anymore. Maybe it was a relationship where with an ex-wife, an ex-husband, where something was done that absolutely broke your heart. Maybe it's a business person that has cheated you out of money, and it's a relationship that you need to make right. Whatever that might be, whatever God may be calling you to do, maybe it is something that you're involved with that God would be saying, stop it. It ends now. Remember we talked about last week, that if you have trouble obeying God, it's not, a love, it's not an obedience problem. It's a love problem. Okay? When Christ returns, what will he find us about? Because is he going to return? Count on it. He absolutely is. And are we ready? Do we know people who don't know Christ? Why has God put you in their lives? God has put you in their lives to be a blessing. God has put you in their lives to shed the light of Christ in in their lives. When Christ returns, which he's going to, of what will he find us doing? I pray that he finds us about what it is that he's doing because he is coming. And with that, we have hope. And I don't know where you're at today and what it is that you've been walking through, but go back to the promises of God and trust in what it is that he said. He is coming. And this world isn't all that there is. Your citizenship is is in heaven. It is not on this earth. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this, for the truth of your word. And Lord, we can get hung up on, on when you're going to return, pre, mid, post. But God, there's a lot of people, scholars who don't even agree in this. At God, your word says that you call us to be alert. Your word says that you are going to return. And your word says that because of this, we can have hope. Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray that, Lord, when you return, that we are ready to meet you. I pray, Father, with all of my heart that not one person in this room will be left behind. And I pray that, Father, when you return, You will find us doing what it is that brings you glory and what it is that, Lord, you have called us to be about. I want to give you an opportunity if you have never prayed to receive Christ. If you say, I'm not ready, and you want to pray to receive Christ, I want you to do something very simple. Why don't you just raise your hand up if you want to pray to receive Christ. Raise it up, put it down, and then I just want to have a word of prayer with you. Again, Father, we thank you that your mercy is new every morning. And God, I pray as we go out from this place, Lord, for some of us, we laid burdens at your feet today. And I pray that, Lord, you would carry, you would carry your children out of here. That, Lord, you would so fill us with your spirit 
and that, Lord, you would flood our hearts with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, that it would overflow onto those that are around us. For, Lord, your word says that out of us would flow rivers of living water. And there are so many who need to drink from that living water. God, use us in a powerful way to make an impact for your kingdom. And we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Would you join me in praying as our Lord has taught us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Lord bless you. Have a great week.